Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash. And you're listening to episode 195 of Chat Disney. So the festive season is here. It is the first episode of December 2022. And of course, it wouldn't be the Chat Disney podcast without celebrating the festive season. So this week, we've got a really special episode for you. This is a Chat Disney first, and we're really excited because there's going to be lots of voices in today's episode. It is, of course, our Chat Disney festive Christmas market. So we are going to be joined today by lots of small businesses talking about some amazing Disney items that you can purchase for the Disney fan in your life this holiday season. But before we head into all of that, let's have a quick look at what's been happening in the Disney world this week. So first of all, we are heading over to Shanghai Disneyland. And unfortunately, it is sad news for the Asian park. Once again, Shanghai Disneyland has got another temporary closure. So this came in place as of last Tuesday and is once again the Walt Disney's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm not sure what's going on in that part of the world, but it really does seem as though they just cannot get a handle on the disease. So if you are somebody that was considering a trip to China to visit Shanghai Disneyland, I probably recommend waiting just a little while longer because at the moment, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, there's closures unexpectedly. It is very hit and miss as to whether or not the park will actually be open. And heading over to Walt Disney World, an Amazon voice assistance is being added into some of the hotels. I mean, Amazon is just taking over the world at this point. It really is one hotel at a time. And some film and television news this week as well. There's a lot going on in the entertainment side of the Walt Disney Company. So first of all, Disney misspelled the word Santa in a brand new Disney Plus series, The Santa Clauses. So we spoke a little bit about The Santa Clauses in last week's episode when we were talking about what to watch this winter. So in this particular episode, some adorable elves are seen holding letters that spell out I love you, Santa. But Santa is actually spelt as Satan. And fans are not convinced that this is a joke. They think this was a genuine mistake. So it remains to be seen at this point in time, at the time of recording, Disney have not made a comment about it. Disney also suffered one of its worst ever theatrical releases to date over the Thanksgiving weekend. So Strange World, the latest animation to come out of Walt Disney, has bombed. It bombed during opening weekend, despite being a really big milestone for the company with Disney's first openly gay main protagonist. So this is the second ever worst Disney release of all time. It's just behind West Side Story, which obviously opened during the COVID-19 pandemic and had a lot of criticism and controversy because of something not very nice that happened with his main protagonist. So the fact that that is the only movie, West Side Story, to have done worse than this ever in the history of Disney is quite telling. It's not been hugely marketed or publicised, so I wonder if that's got something to do with it, but I definitely can't wait to see Strange World and let you know what I think. And final bit of Disney films and entertainment news this week. There are some rumours that Disney have asked single-screen cinemas in Asia to skip Circus. Circus is an upcoming Bollywood movie, so definitely going to be 
big, big, big blockbuster in in India. There's a lot of hype around the movie. And Disney have said no. If you're a single screen cinema in that part of the world, we would like you to exclusively screen Avatar The Way of Water for a two-week period. And I imagine Disney are paying a lot of money for this privilege. So we will see how that unfolds. And finally, Bob Iger has joked that his wife is very happy that he has returned as CEO of the Walt Disney Company as it was either that or presidential candidacy. And I can only imagine that that would take up even more of his time than being the king of Disney. And that pretty much concludes everything that has been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to move on to the main part of the episode, the Chat Disney Christmas Market. So as we said in today's intro, this is a bit of a first for us at Chat Disney, and we are so excited to bring to you some exclusive Disney businesses that you can shop over the holiday season and a little bit of discount as well, because, hey, we're in a cost of living crisis. Let's fund small businesses, but also if we can get a bargain out of it amazing. So Tasha and I have been busy catching up with lots of our favorite small Disney businesses over the last couple of weeks. And we're really excited to bring all of that to you today. So Tash, the first brand that I caught up with were Castle Club Suite. And they are a wonderful company who make an array of different Disney merch. They've got some beautiful designs and logos. Their main product is kind of enamels. So if you're a big pin collector, do not sleep on Castle Club Suite. Let's have a little look at what they've got on offer this Christmas. So next up at the Chat Disney festive Christmas market, I am joined by the wonderful Charlotte from Castle Suite Club to talk about some of her amazing products, but also how she fell in love with Disney. So welcome to the Chat Disney podcast, Charlotte. Hi. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. So we always ask this question to begin with, what made you fall in love with Disney? Where did it all begin for you, Charlotte? Oh, wow. Um, It is going to be one of those things that is probably heard a lot where it started when I was like a toddler. Um, my mum used to buy me all of the HSs, kind of showing my age there. Um, one of my earliest memories is being like two or three and being fascinated by Cinderella. And she used to get me little dress up costumes of Cinderella and stuff. Um, and then when I got a little bit older, maybe like four, five-ish, I fell in love with Aladdin. Like Aladdin was just like my favorite thing ever. And I had like multiple Barbie dolls of Aladdin and Jasmine and everything. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I, I grew up with it from a very early age. I, I still have, pretty sure I still have all those VHSs, not that I can watch them anymore, but kept them for sentimental purposes. Um, yeah, just as I got older, um, I remember the summer just before I started Sixth Form College, which is going back like 13 years now. I hibernated in bed for like a couple of days and just rewashed all of my VHSs. And I think that just like reignited my adult love for Disney. There we are. Well, you're not alone. There are plenty mm. of adult Disney fans. And I think your story is definitely one that will resonate with a lot of our listeners. <laughs> and um, don't worry about the VHS thing. I definitely had VHSs. That is not a sign of your age. <laughs> 
Awesome. And I remember at that time as well, Disney had that vault, that magical, mystical vault where you could only get certain films at certain times. They'd sort of re-release them every five, ten years. And I remember my parents like recording Disney movies when they were on TV as well. Yes, so yeah. <laughs> amongst my, my parents Yeah, you had like these sort of almost pirated like channel four version of Sleeping Beauty um and my mum bless her she used to create covers for me (laughs) on the like dodgy ones and so I really remember yeah this copy of Sleeping Beauty and she used like glitter writing on the front so that it looked a little bit more official um but there we are and would you say Cinderella you mentioned Cinderella there is Cinderella still a favorite or was that a childhood thing no I it's not that I fell out of love with it. It's just not, I wouldn't consider it one of my favourites anymore. It was just like a childhood thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do still watch it, but I I, I don't know. Is, is that weird? Like, it used to be, but now it's not really. I don't know. Mm. No, I don't, I don't think that's weird. Our preferences absolutely change as we get older, for sure. I think, for me... There's probably a nostalgia element. So, like, I loved yeah. Goofy movie growing up, but oh do my I? Gosh. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it's and it's got that real nostalgia. And we know that this is universal because we see, you know, you've got Max Goof dressed as Powerline in the parks and things like that, which absolutely appeals to millennials. But do I think, you know, a Goofy movie is Walt Disney's greatest? masterpiece I mean it's not even a Disney classic is it so it's it's that element of is this a good film or do I just love it because it has nostalgia oh no it's it's definitely still a good film like <laughs> as soon as I got released from hospital like three weeks ago that was the first thing I watched but as soon as I got home and back into bed was a goofy movie <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. I feel like I need to watch it again. It's been so long. I just, my memory of it was, I remember it came out, I think I even saw it at the cinema, which is crazy. And I was obsessed. I remember we went on holiday to Malta and I went to McDonald's and they had like the goofy movie McDonald's figures. Yes, I, I might still have some of them in my attic somewhere, <laughs> my parents' attic. Oh my God. There you go. Yeah, nostalgia is a memory you forgot about. And I remember the Roxanne figure had like almost real hair. Like it wasn't real hair, obviously, but it was yeah, like yeah. plastic. Um, so yeah, I got good good memories, good times. And yeah. so I can see Charlotte as well. You've got Stitch and Lilo and Scrump, I think, behind you. Is that yes. something um, that you're passionate about? Yeah, Stitch is one of my favorites. Um it came out when I was 10. Cannot believe it's 20 this year. That's just like absolutely mental to me. I've got Stitch tattooed on my foot. Um he's just a big comfort character and he reminds me of my dog. Oh, she can be a little angel, but she can also be like really feisty and a bit of a brat sometimes. And yeah, I just, I, yeah, he's just a really big comfort character for me. Yeah, I see that. I have a pug. So, you know, when he's got his pug, <laughs> he looks very stitch like. And I think actually before getting a dog, I think I didn't really get the stitch thing because stitch is everywhere, right? There are a lot of people that adore stitch. My sister absolutely idolizes him. He's absolutely her favorite character. Yeah, he's, he's definitely making a comeback recently. Oh, yeah, in a big, big way. I mean, he's up there with Mickey and Minnie. You think about like Shop Disney when they bring out things like the Munchlings, it's Donald, Daisy, Mickey, Minnie and stitch he's kind of almost been indoctrinated into the the 
main sort of five. Um, But yeah, I think when I got a dog, I also kind of was like, I kind of get this now. I think there is definitely, I mean, they joke, don't they, in the movie that he's a dog. But there's definitely like a pet-like quality with Stitch that's comforting and, yeah, reminds us of our dogs. And yeah, it's awesome. Very cute. For sure. So, Charlotte, you grew up with Disney. It's your parents' fault, it sounds like. We always blame the parents. Absolutely. (laughs) Your mother, yeah. My my dad was definitely the Marvel influence. My mum was definitely the Disney Ah, influence. That's interesting. We hear that. My dad was Star Wars as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Star Wars. We hear that (laughs) a lot with Star Wars. It tends to be people with a kind of an older figure in their life whether it be a dad or older brother or sister for my husband it was his uncle so yeah we hear that a lot with Star Wars but Marvel that's very interesting yeah I I was raised with like the 90s cartoons so my my brother's four years younger than me so he he when he was born my dad definitely ramped up putting on like these comic book cartoons and we were kind of raised with like the 90s Spider-Man cartoons, which were like my absolute favourite, and the 90s um, X-Men, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. he definitely raised me on like the comic book side of things. My mum definitely raised me on traditional Disney. There we go. I love that. You're <laughs> like a proper OG Marvel fan. You're not like me. I massively jumped on the bandwagon when it became... <laughs> Um, and it, I think it's interesting it kind of sits on two sides so um, my co-host Tash hates Marvel and we joke about this on the podcast all the time she doesn't like Marvel she doesn't like Star Wars and she doesn't think that they belong within the Disney universe if you will but I had a very different opinion so my husband's really into Star Wars and I, I didn't mind Marvel before it was acquired by Disney I loved the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies like they were awesome and I went yeah. to the cinema to go see those but I wouldn't have called myself a Marvel fan but when Disney acquired Lucasfilm and Marvel my brain was like right I'm going to be seeing this stuff all over the parks it's going to be everywhere if I embrace it, I'm going to get a lot more out of attractions that they build and parades and shows and so on. So I kind of made the conscious decision to really get behind it. And I'm so glad that I did. I've, I've, you know, I've been on the Guardians, right? Guardians, my favorite, but Guardians rides, we've got the Guardians special. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have appreciated all of that if I hadn't, hadn't jumped ship. So yeah, very conscious decision on my part. So Charlotte, where did that migration take place where, you know, casual Disney fan ramped it up a little bit, really into Star Wars, really into Marvel, to then creating your very own business, the Castle Suite Club? How did that happen? So I would say the decision to kind of start my own business came after my first trip to Disney World in 2013, so coming up 10 years now. Um, I'd been to Disneyland Paris when I was about 13, but I hadn't been to any of the Disney parks. Um, my parents inherited some money. So we were like, right, we're going to finally go to Florida. And I was just like obsessed. I was in university at the time. It like, it, it was like life changing for me. It was when, once you've been to Disneyland Paris, like just the, the size of Disney World in comparison, how much there is to do, the differences. And it kind of like just, not like took over my life, but I became like obsessed with it, like researching everything about it. Because 
I made the mistake when we went, I went with my parents and my brother. We made the mistake of not really researching anything in advance and we oh, just no. won it all. Won it all? We winged it all? I don't know what's the term. Um, <laughs> so we we did like all the rides and stuff that we wanted to do, but we didn't have any dining reservations. We got right. a last minute dining reservation for like the Brown Derby, but that's literally the only restaurant we went into. Yeah. Um, and this was before... This was still in the days of like paper fast passes and stuff. So we were just kind of seeing what we could get on the days. And, and then it's after that, days, some might say, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then after that, I was just, I was absolutely obsessed with going back. I didn't think I was ever going to get a chance to go back. Um, so when I came back, I applied for the Disney college program. Yeah. Um, I was on the wait list. I didn't get all the way through. Uh, the year that I applied, they cut down the amount of people from the UK that they were taking and there uh, ended up being like 100 of us on the wait list, whereas the previous years there'd only been like 20 or so people on the wait yeah. list. So it was yeah. a very strange year. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't quite make it because there was never any room on the wait list that came about. Um, but me and my friends, three of my closest friends, ended up saving money and we ended up going back in summer of 2015. Oh, amazing. And I was like the tour guide. Like I felt at this point that I'd done so much research and prep and knew everything. Like I'd visualized Magic Kingdom off the top of my head and I was just taking them around everywhere. Like we need to do this, we need to do this. And yeah. Um, and then we, we've been trying to go back every few years ever since. So I went back in 2018 with the same friends. I went back in 2020 with my partner. And then we're going back next May and going to get married while we're out there. So, oh, amazing. Happy. That's so exciting. We'll definitely have to have you back on the podcast to talk all about that. A Disney Disney wedding. That's yes, amazing. Yes. It's, it's, well, it's going to be more of a Star Wars wedding. It's going to be May the oh, 4th. Oh, brilliant. Then That's still a Disney be- wedding. <laughs> yeah yeah and then we're, we're going to spend the evening hopefully in Hollywood studios so oh wow that's going to be amazing I'm so excited for you Charlotte that's going to be brilliant I'm so so excited we had um very good friend of mine Dan on the podcast back in May because he proposed to his fiance George in the United Kingdom pavilion at Epcot and it was oh, great amazing. to hear all about that yeah but no that's amazing on May the 4th Star Wars Walt Disney World wedding I'm so excited for you and congratulations on your engagement thank you super exciting so (laughs) controversially we've kind of spoken about these like different strains of Disney so like Star Wars that you mentioned there and Marvel so obviously 20th Century Fox is now officially Disney which means that that age-old kind of argument I guess that used to consume the internet around Anastasia being a Disney princess oh my god she actually kind of is now. And the reason I mention this is because one of my favorite, if not my favorite products that you sell, Charlotte, is your Together in Paris necklace. Yes. I absolutely yeah. love that. I think it's so authentic and just, yeah, so exciting. And I don't know, I was keen to hear your thoughts. Do you see Anastasia as Disney now? Um, It's, it's really difficult for me because I've always kind of thought of her as like a woman she's always been one of my favorites so I've always wanted her to be a Disney princess and I remember I think it might have been 
five or six years ago, there was an April Fools that came out like an article saying that they were officially going to make Anastasia an official <laughs> Disney princess. And I fell for it. No. And I started posting on Facebook like, oh my God, this is the best news ever. Anastasia is like one of my favorites. And then obviously it was an April Fools. And- oh no. Oh, I feel, really yeah, I, I feel your pain. I think from, from my perspective, I don't think it will happen just because when the movie was made, it wasn't Disney. Yeah. But I, I am really pleased. And I think that, you know, with any of those kind of characters, that Don Bluth animation style, so like Thumbelina and Don Bluth was also a one Disney. of my favorites. Oh, right. So yeah. underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Jodie Benson doing the voice, for goodness sake, right? She's aerial. Yeah. She's Disney, as Disney yeah. has become. And then the fact that it's Don Bluth. I mean, Don Bluth was a Walt Disney animator. So in my heart, it's like, okay, it's not officially Disney, but like, it's just as good as. And then I'm, I'm just, you know, chat Disney. All we talk about is Disney. But for some reason, you're bringing out all the other stuff that I want to talk about always. Um, I love your Gigi pin as well, because Kiki's Delivery Aww. Service is my favorite Ghibli movie. Well, and no, I really do. And I, and I think I could be wrong here, but doesn't Ghibli have some kind of tie to Disney as well? I feel like they own sure. part of it. They own this is where it gets a bit complicated and I might be wrong but I'm I'm fairly certain this is how it goes they own the English dub version of Totoro my neighbor Totoro okay um so they had something to do with the English dub release of that film and I think that's why you see Totoro in like Toy Story that makes sense and things like that um think that's what the tie is I don't think they have any other ties to any of the other films I think it's just my neighbor taught role and then obviously okay. they've just released the little um Grogu three minute shot which is so so cute so cute um yeah I, I think that's about the extent of it. it there might be more um but that's like what that's- my knowledge is well, I think that's good enough for me. I mean, that that for me means it's Disney. I guess it's a little bit like how they own the filmed version of Hamilton, but obviously don't actually own the musical. It's yeah, yeah. That. But hey, as I say, that that's good enough for me. Um, you know, I want to see Anastasia Kiki walking down Main Street, USA. That's <laughs> the plan, right? Disney just own everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, Charlotte, do you have any particular favorite products that you've created? I guess it's very difficult to be kind of, you know, you're probably yeah. quite neutral. The thing is, is I recently realized that I have nearly a hundred necklace designs and that oh. is absolutely mental to me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> especially considering that there's loads that don't exist anymore, loads that got discontinued a while back. Um, so it's, it, it's really hard to pick a favourite because I've got nearly 100 necklace designs. I've got about 30, 40 pin designs. Oh, wow. gosh. That's a lot. I My favourite ones to do are the more really simple things. So I've, I've got a couple of really dainty pendants where they're like, um, one is like the Heart of Tafiti and it's just engraved. And I've got a, a little collection of just very simple, dainty, kind of, what's the word? Little nods to Disney rather than like, so like a pumpkin carriage or, um, I've got the right in front of me. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got like the lantern from Tangled, um, Maleficent's horns, but they're, they're all really small and dainty and just engraved and 
there's no color on them because I just wanted them to be kind of necklaces that you can wear every day and they can still be a little like a nod yeah Disney without being like really overwhelmingly in your face interesting okay so a subtle nod I love that and interestingly we had um we have today in today's episode Buzz's Bazaar and they were saying a simple uh, a, a similar thing that they wanted to create a product that was not you know I think subtle was the the word that they used they wanted to create something that could fit into the home and just sort of blend in with your everyday item so you know a a vase or a wine glass or whatever it may be and so yeah very interesting to hear a similar thing and did you have experience with kind of you know creating enamel pins and, and necklaces before or was it just this love of Disney that kind of drove the business becoming a thing? So my degree was actually textiles and surface design. Um, so I started to kind of learn how to use Photoshop and a bit of Illustrator whilst I was doing that course. Um, once I finished that, I went straight into my teacher training and it took over my life and it was hectic. Um, and I got to maybe like February the first year that I was working in a college and I realized how much I'd missed like being creative and stuff because I'd spent the last year and a half doing nothing but like teacher training and things um so I ended up buying myself like the cheapest possible graphics tablet that you could get and just connecting that to photoshop and that's kind of how I started I started learning using my graphics tablet um developing my skills on photoshop because I, I only really had very basic skills from university um, and I would just sit and watch YouTube videos of how to do different things. And I, I kind of self, self-taught a lot of it. A lot of it did come from having a university degree in kind of design. Um, but then the more like complex stuff did come from kind of being self-taught. Awesome. Um, and then I eventually bought myself an iPad and I started just drawing like more freehand rather than graphics tablet, like the difficulty with a graphics tablet is you're drawing in one place but you're looking at another screen yes yeah so sometimes it can be a bit difficult hand-eye coordination but drawing on an ipad is just like drawing on paper so it's a lot easier amazing um and then yeah i I just kind of continued on with that i've been doing it that way for about five years now wow five years was when i released yeah yeah actually yeah um five years ago last week was the five-year anniversary of that excuse me my first ever enamel pin wow that's amazing totally forgot about that anniversary because well here we are we're celebrating it now (laughs) (laughs) amazing pin design um and what was that first pin charlotte it was my happy place pin i'm I'm looking around to see if i can find a sticker of it because i only have it as a sticker now um, I do have the design on a pair of sliders. Oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> but they're nearly sold out now. They're only available in like quite small sizes. Okay. Um, but it was basically like a Mickey head and it said in my happy place in the middle of it. And that started out on a t-shirt and then it became print and then it became a pin. And since then it's been a pin in a few different colors. It's been on a pair of sliders. It's been on t-shirts some more. Uh, what else has it been on? I even made a bar necklace that said it, um, which I think has sold out now, but I'm going to bring it back at some point. Um, 
Yeah, I can't really. I, I think that that's about everything. That's awesome. But yeah, very, very wide range of products that you have. And prints is something I'm very passionate about. You can see, so Charlotte and I are on video at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I've got lots of Disney prints behind me. So prints is something that I'm super, super passionate about. And you mentioned t-shirts, sliders. So yeah, really, really exciting. Um, what do you think in terms of your sort of vision for the future? What can we expect to see from Castle Sweet Club? Will it be more products or more designs where where do you think you're going honestly I want to narrow down the types of products that I have because it gets a bit difficult for me to juggle having like stickers coasters necklaces earrings like everything yeah so my best sellers and the things that I enjoy creating the most are the enamel products or enamel pins earrings necklaces and that's what I want to really focus on so I've I've had a lot of fun designing like a handbag and a pair of sliders and t-shirts and stuff like that's all been really enjoyable but I do want to save space as well because we've only moved into our new house about six months ago and currently I'm taking up two whole bedrooms with (laughs) my business and it's probably not a good thing um so I, I do want to streamline but I just I think I do just want to focus on creating more enamel products brilliant um definitely more of the subtle designs because that is I I would say that was that that is my favorite thing to do um the other things I do are sun catchers which are really popular and I really enjoy doing them and I really enjoy sticking them on my windows as well because then they just produce rainbows in whatever room that you're in amazing They're like really simple designs as well. They're just really simple line work designs. So I really enjoy doing them. So I think moving forward, I just want to focus on those products. Awesome. Um, Makes sense if they're your best sellers for sure. Yeah. It's been nice experimenting, but I think just streamlining, taking it back to basics, taking it to what I know. Yeah. As well. Brilliant. And Charlotte, if any of our listeners want to find Castle Sweet Club and check out your beautiful designs, where can they find you? So I am at Castle Sweet Club on Instagram and TikTok. On Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash Castle Sweet Club. Um, and then my website, again, is just www.castlesweetclub.com. Oh, very all very easy to remember <laughs> nice and easy nice and easy unlike the person that's got at chat disney on twitter it's our only handle that's not the same as all the others we have to put a uk at the end because whoever this person is they've never tweeted and they follow no one and i've contacted twitter oh. about it but whatever whatever you win some you lose some really <laughs> well it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you charlotte thank you so much for taking part in our chat disney christmas market and you. wish you a very merry Christmas thank you you too thanks a lot oh amazing I love that and welcome to Castle Sweet Club for being the first ever stand as it were at the Chat Disney uh, Christmas market I really liked what you were saying about Anastasia um being a Disney princess because I'm still very much on the fence with with that one at the moment yeah, it's definitely a cause of of controversy amongst the Disney community. So it was really fun to have that discussion um, with our resident, yeah, as you say, Castle Club Suite at the first ever stall market vendor. Amazing. And we've also caught up with some other brands as well who sadly couldn't join us in person. But one of my absolute favorite creators, and I really mean this sincerely, 
I'm so stoked to have even been able to collaborate with this vendor is Hayley Jade. Now, lots of people will know that I love Hayley Jade products. I buy her Christmas cards and her wrapping paper every year. I've got the desk calendar on my desk in my home office. I've got a print of hers behind me right now as well. I'm a huge, huge Hayley Jade fan. And even though she couldn't actually be here with us in person today, she's very, very generously created a special discount code just for Chat Disney listeners. So if you are looking at Hayley Jade's website, you just need to type in the code CHATDISNEY10 and you will get 10% off any purchase exclusively with Hayley Jade, which is so exciting. Now, she is a UK-based vendor, as with most of these, or I think all of our vendors today at the Chat Disney Christmas Market. So obviously, if you're based overseas, you might have to pay shipping or whatever, but it is well worth it. I am such a big fan of her designs, her concepts, her beautiful artwork. Definitely go check it out. Yeah, I love your Christmas cards every year. I actually look forward to them. I think I still have your Christmas card from last year with the intention of putting it in a frame or something for for a Christmas decoration. And I'm going to do that the same with the one that you sent out this year with the the Mickey and the Minnie wreaths. I love them. She's a very, very talented lady. Absolutely. And from one talented lady to one very talented family, I also caught up with Buzz's Bazaar, who are an amazing business on Etsy that make glass wear, basically. And I don't know about you, Tash, but I always think of Disney parks when I think of glass because of the lovely glass shops that they have in the parks and resorts. So being able to buy some of that and have it in my home, even when I'm not at a Disney park, I think is really, really special. Yeah, definitely. I love some of the Disney glassware that you see in the parks. Unfortunately, I just can't have it in my home because with a young baby who is on the verge of crawling, there is already enough in my house that that needs to be moved up from his height level. So um, yeah, I don't think now is the time to add add any more sort of Disney breakables into, into my home. I mean, my poor minis from my mini collection, they're all sat up in the loft. They will be having their annual outing from the loft very very soon when we get the Christmas decks down so um yeah but one day one day I would love to invest in a really really unique nice piece of Disney glassware because they are stunning there you go I always have these weird things I don't know if I'm alone in this but I have these kind of like oh you know I know I've made it if I can get an island in my kitchen or I know I've made it when I purchased my first like Chanel bag or you know seeing my husband walk down Main Street with a baby all these kind of weird things and maybe that can be your aspiration Tash I know I've made it in life when I've got a room that fits all of my Minnie Mouse plushies and I can buy some beautiful glassware that my children do not touch and when you the time comes whenever that is you definitely want to check out Buzz's Bazaar big big spoiler they have Mickey gingerbread glassware. Yep, you've heard it here first. Let's head over to hear a little bit more about Buzz's Bazaar. Okay, so I am joined here today with the wonderful Ali from the even more wonderful Buzz's Bazaar to tell us a little bit about some of their awesome creations. So hello, Ali. Hi there. 
Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Chat Disney podcast. Do you want to give a little bit of an intro to our listeners as to who you are, whereabouts you're based, and more importantly, how you came to love Disney? <laughs> yeah, so we're Buzz's Bazaar, and it's run by the Farmer family, so Ali and Sam, and um, yeah, we just love Disney. Um, personally, myself, I've loved Disney as a child. I think it was like the one constant um, thing, like even when parents didn't have much money to take us anywhere, um, we always had great Disney movies and like Disney merch. We always Disney's always been there, and then it's just manifest from there and it's not gone away since we were adults and um our children are kind of named after some of our favorite characters so my son's middle name is buzz and my daughter's um, middle name is Bo. so that's kind of where buzz's bizarre's names come from so buzz yeah, love that. That's really awesome. I love that you've named your children a little Disney twist. So lots of our listeners will know that Tash had a baby boy earlier this year and his middle name is Elias after Walter Elias Disney, which is yeah. super sweet. We love a subtle Disney middle name. I love that. That's really, really cool. Brilliant. So you mentioned that growing up you would go on Disney trips, but also that Disney movies were kind of the thing that would get you by as you were waiting for that, that yeah. next magical adventure do you have any favorite disney movies ali oh there's so many um the goose movie goose movie nice robin hood okay Pan, and then obviously toy story i absolutely love the franchise um yeah it's just a brilliant franchise that appeals to so many kids uh, male and female which is quite rare um because Disney, Pixar, kind of a lot of historic ones are kind of more geared, like obviously the princesses, more girls, and then the more boyish ones. Um, but yeah, Toy Story kind of appeals to everyone. Absolutely. We love the inclusivity of Toy Story. What about Toy Story 4? That's a very controversial one on the Chat Disney podcast. How we, how did you find that one? I, I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. Um, it kind of steered away from the traditional franchise, like the three, where it kind of followed... The, the main characters um, obviously liked the introduction of the new characters, but I think it lacked kind of our favourites. Like Jesse didn't get much airtime, Rex, Ham, like the, yeah. obviously Potato Heads, they included Mr. Potato Head and the actor had obviously passed away. They, that was yeah. clever how they had managed to kind of use his archive to still feature him, which was, which, which was brilliant because he's a great character with so much humour and... Yeah. So yeah, that was great. No, I love when they do that. They're really good at doing that with Star Wars as well. And yeah, just just love that. Love the homage to those OG characters that we've all, all come to love. Awesome. So grew up as a bit of a Disney nut, which is very familiar to Tash and I. We always say it's not our fault that we're this obsessed. It's because <laughs> our parents brainwashed us. Um, and it seems that you're doing the same thing with your children as well, which is great. Have you Definitely. taken them to Disney parks or do you plan to in the future? Um, so our son we have taken, he was three. It was amazing. It was like, it's magical you going yourself, but it, the magic is like intensified when you're watching your children interacting. And one of the highlights was um, we'd put him in an Olaf onesie and we were watching the parade and Olaf spotted him and was buying him kisses. And 
so showing like little love heart signs and yeah his little face lit up and he was just bouncing around and that's what he was talking about for days oh. after we returned so it was, yeah it was amazing and okay. our daughter not yet um hopefully we'll be going next year um amazing great. brilliant and is that to paris yeah um just because they are still so young um but oh god def- yeah. all the all of the other parks are definitely on the bucket list um really want to go and stay at the Toy Story Hotel in Tokyo. That's like right up there on the bucket list. Nice, nice. Very cool. Very cool. Tash stayed at the Toy Story Hotel in Shanghai when she went there, which sounded amazing. Um, So yeah, I can imagine that that would absolutely appeal to you. But hey, they've got a little bit of a Toy Story flair at the Cheyenne now in Paris. So Oh yeah, that's that's where we stayed with our son. Um, (laughs) And we've actually um, designed a little border for his bedroom that is kind of mirrors what they had in the um the Cheyenne hotel as well which wow. is quite cool <laughs> I love that well obviously you are very creative people which is why you're here today for our lovely chat Disney Christmas market so I wanted to ask you because it's one of those things where I've thought many times oh yeah I could make some mini ears or I could you know I could have a have a go at this you make the most beautiful glassware. I mean, I've been trawling through your photography on your Instagram and the Mickey gingerbread decorations that you made have my heart. I'm obsessed with Mickey gingerbread <laughs> anyway, but I am one of these really annoying sort of anal people that have like a very strict color scheme. And my tree is silver and white and it has lots of glass. And I saw those and I was like, oh my goodness, amazing. Glass is not an easy thing to work with either. So just, I have to know, how did that happen? Why Disney? Like, where did the, where did Buzz's Bazaar really come from? Well, um, during pre-lockdown, I was working as a graphic designer. Um, right. It, um, more like trade shows and exhibition was a speciality. And I've always followed some incredible um, small shops um, and I was, I've always been like, oh, I really would love to do that. And then obviously through COVID, I got made redundant and it kind of <laughs> was like a blessing in disguise because it gave me that little injection to be a bit free, try some different things. Like our first actual product was a, a pin that we designed because our son is obsessed with the short film Small Fry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many incredible fantasy pin designers out there. I kind of was thinking what could we do a bit different? Um, and there wasn't many people working with glass. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, we we tried out a few um, designs and yeah, it was just bizarre because we didn't expect it to take off as well as it did. Like the first six weeks, we were just blown away by the response, okay. absolutely blown away. It was just incredible. And we're just thankful that, our followers and our customers keep buying from us and want new stuff. It's just great. Oh, that's so lovely. So you'd never worked with glass before, Ali? No, no, it was completely new. (laughs) That's crazy. I thought you were going to say like, oh, you know, I come from a family of glass makers or I don't know. No, yeah, it was just completely new. Um, Yeah, Nice. Yeah. And I think you're right. You're absolutely right. I am not aware of any other, I'm sure there are, but I'm personally not aware of any other UK based glassware Disney creators. So there's definitely opportunity there. And I think that 
Glass is one of those products as well that I do think of Disney. I think about, you know, walking through the castle, especially in Disneyland Paris, you've got that Christmas store on your right and then you've got the glass on the left-hand side and you can see them sort of making things. And so actually those kind of, you know, the beautiful etched glasses and, and so on, I do think of as, as, as a Disney product. I think it's actually the only area of my life where I have bought lots of glassware or been really interested yeah. in it. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's not surprising that the gingerbread stood out. So one of the things that I love to buy, again, specific, specifically from Disneyland Paris, is they'll have, I'm sure you're very familiar with this, Ali, it's your world, but they have these glass baubles with like little glass characters in the middle in Disney. Yeah. You've seen those? Yeah. Yeah, I love those. And um, yeah, I, and, and the gingerbread specifically, Ali, I've got like an ulterior motive here. I didn't see those on your um, Etsy page. Are you going to bring them back? <laughs> the tree decks. Yeah. Um, I think we've got a few kicking around, but um, yeah, they all, <laughs> we sold a lot at the magical market um, yes. again, which blew our minds. Um, yeah, so... I think there's a few kicking around. We need to do a bit of a stock take and see okay. about those. Well, send me send me a note when they're back in stock because I definitely need those. My husband will disagree, but I think we need them. So <laughs> I've done a very good job of promoting your uh, Christmas decks there. Why don't you let our listeners know what other products you've got as well at Buzz's Bazaar? So, yeah, it's a lot of like homeware stuff. We love adding um, Disney into our interior um, decor and sometimes it can look a bit tacky when it's without being disrespectful to no, no. that kind of thing with where it's just loads of different colors and it's a real mix match so we were trying to find ways of adding subtle disney so we've got um oh. vases um tea light holders um photo frames and then we've got like an array of different drinkware so we've got um highball glasses different shaped glass mugs, hot chocolate mm. mugs. Oh, love um, that. Gin glasses, champagne glasses, wine glasses. Um, we've done some cookie jars, some storage jars. So, yeah, a real mix of stuff that kind of um, people can add into the house with a bit of subtle Disney. Hey, Subtle Disney is my middle name. I We talk about this a lot on the podcast, so do not worry about offending anyone. It takes all types. There's all different types of people within our community. And I, um, our listeners will know, I very affectionately call my husband Grumpy um, because he does not like Disney. Definitely married the wrong person there, but there we are. And the only room in our house that's allowed to have any Disney flares is my office, which I'm in right now, Ali. I don't know if you can see on screen. There's a little wall gallery behind me with Disney prints and um it's one of those things where I'm like if I'm on a professional work call I feel like no one can tell because it's far enough away but I know it's there <laughs> um so yeah don't don't worry about subtle subtle Disney that is that you have our heart definitely on the chat Disney podcast so what would you say Ali I know it's so difficult but of all of the products that you've created which one would you say is your favorite or your most proudest of Um, I don't know. It's probably, it probably has to be our OG, um, Mickey and Minnie gingerbread latte slash hot chocolate glasses, because they were the thing in that first six weeks that just sold like crazy. We made so many of those glasses. Yeah. It was unreal. And 
yeah, each year we bring them back, we tweak it a little bit. And again, the gingerbread every Christmas is very popular. Of course. Um, <laughs> and our castle vases, they are one of our best sellers. And yeah, they just look so stunning. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I The gingerbread one, I mean, you've hit a winner there. I, I am obsessed with Bicky gingerbread. Um, I remember I was one of those annoying people, and I don't condone this because I do think that ultimately it's, it's probably a really negative thing, but I had to go to eBay to buy those gingerbread plushies when they came out because I just could not get my hands on them. And we absolutely do not tolerate on the chat disney podcast these people that go to the parks and buy things in bulk and stick them on ebay oh, definitely not. it's very annoying but in that instance i definitely enabled them because i needed those mickey gingerbread in my <laughs> life i was going to get them whichever way i could um so yeah i was very very pleased to have them in my life and um i have those latte glasses on my christmas list this year ali so i'm hoping very much so that you do get another sale of those very very soon um, and I will keep an eye out for the gingerbread tree decks as well, because, I mean, if I haven't said it enough already, I just think they're stunning and absolutely stunning. <laughs> um, and I'm sure our listeners are also wanting to get their hands on some of your amazing products. So where can they find Buzz's Bazaar? Uh, so mainly Instagram. So our handle is Buzz's underscore Bazaar. Um, and we've got an Etsy page again under the same name. Amazing. Brilliant. Well, it's been amazing to talk to you, Ali. I hope that you have a really happy Christmas and a great new year. And every success is, you know, we, we're sending love and pixie dust to Buzz's Bazaar because we want to see you thrive even more. Um, it's an amazing business idea. And I'm really glad that it's doing so well. Thank you very much. Very welcome. Those gingerbread latte glasses sound very very up your street I know you have the um the Mickey gingerbreads on on your dresser already so yeah I feel like it would be a crying shame if those uh, latte glasses do not make it into your house this Christmas yeah have I shown you my Christmas decks this year or have you just remembered that from last year yeah I think I remember from last year um but also I think I was in Paris with you um, when we went in 2020 and you got one or I think you got one for your mum then correct correct that is a really impressive memory but yes they are on the dresser the dresser is basically a shrine to gingerbread men so there's a shop disney gingerbread kind of cookie jar and then I've got the gingerbread mickey and mini plushies which honestly I'll never ever regret purchasing them they're like one of my favorite things I get so excited to get them out every Christmas and yeah, I need to complete the collection with the Mickey and Minnie gingerbread. So they've got, you know, as we as we spoke about there, Buzz's Bazaar, they've got glass ornaments of the gingerbread and they've also got latte glasses as well. Now, something I do just want to caveat with Buzz's Bazaar, because of the ongoing strikes with the Royal Mail in the UK right now, they've actually closed their shop for new orders. However, there are lots of existing items on their Etsy page, including the Mickey gingerbread latte glasses. So get in there quickly because they won't be making any new items before Christmas now so if you see it on the site you've got to grab it so next up we have maple and whiskey and I'm sure you've probably heard us talk about maple and whiskey before as we have spoken about them a lot on this podcast before as Mercedes has been working with them for a little while now 
so we have promoted them in the past. And they produce the most amazing smelling candles and wax melts and room sprays. And they are heavily influenced by the parks and by characters. They had a, a Lotso candle come out earlier this year. Um, they have a Pirates of the Caribbean scented candle, for example. So yeah, they do lots and lots of amazing candles that you can try. So definitely have a look at them on Instagram and check them out. We will share a link so you can find them. And unfortunately, they could not be with us today. So we don't have a chat with them to offer you, but we do have a code which is Mercedes10. So if you are after any amazing smelling candles or room sprays, things like that this Christmas, then use the code Mercedes10 and you'll get a little discount at the checkout. Absolutely. And so we've covered a lot in today's episode. We had Castle Club Suite who prior, work in, I was going to say prioritize, that's not the right word. They dabble with enamels and jewelry and sliders and all, all sorts. We've got Hayley Jade and her beautiful stationery and prints. Buzz's Bazaar and their glassware, maple and whiskey with lots of different scents for your home. And Tash, you caught up with one other small business as well, I believe. Yeah, so sticking with amazing scents, I caught up with Spoonful of Wax and they produce amazing smelling candles and um, again, wax melts and things like that. Again, inspired by Disney. She does also produce wax melts and candles inspired by other various things that you might find in the world of pop culture, but we're not gonna talk about that because this is Chat Disney. So let's have a little listen at what she had to say. So next up at the Chat Disney Christmas Market, I am joined by the lovely Emma from Spoonful of Wax. Welcome, Emma. Uh, thank you for having me. So, Emma, I guess a good place to start for our listeners is by um, talking a little bit about you and how you got into Disney in the first place. Well, like most people, it started from obviously watching the Disney cartoons when you're a child. But what happened to me was, I think I was quite lucky, to be honest. Uh, my mum worked at a school and they started this afternoon or and in the morning club for children to go there while their parents were at work. They dropped them off early. And my mum and her friend decided that there was a lot of children there that was probably like missing out on holidays and stuff because obviously their families couldn't afford to do it. So they got together and they started to sort out some kind of like cheap Disney trips so these children who's ne probably never been on holiday had a chance to go to Disneyland Paris. And what they did was, obviously, they made it a family thing so parents could go with their other siblings, other children as well. And that's how it started. And one time, my mum said to me, oh, there's a space on the coach. Would you like to come with us? And I, I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. And I was only about 12. And I think I've been 10 times after that to Disneyland Paris with the children and their families um, and that's what really got me into Disneyland Paris. And then um, I was obviously then into a lot of Disney groups, um, looking at stuff online, um, reading lots of things. And when I got with my partner, um, one of our first trips we saved up when we went to Florida and we stopped in the Caribbean Beach Hotel. And I was just blown away how like different it was. And we've been about three or four times after that to Florida. But obviously we don't stop in Disney. We stop outside because we can um spend more time in the parks and stuff like that so yeah that's how it started for me 
Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've done Paris a, a handful of times. Um, I'm actually lucky enough to have done all the parks um, across across the world because I lived in Asia for, for a time. So I'm very lucky. I've only done Walt Disney World once, actually, um, which was just before the pandemic. And again, like you, we stayed off site um, and we were only there for about a week just over because um, we sort of tied it in with a, another holiday and we were in America seeing my father-in-law who who lives in New York. So we had limited time in Walt Disney World. And I very much feel that I only sort of scratched the surface with it, really. Um, and there's a lot more that I would love to to go back and do at some point. And so I imagine you, you've been a fair few, few times. Um, do you feel like you've got a pretty good understanding of that park now? Yeah. Um, obviously, because obviously the more time you go, the more familiar you get and you more like you understand how it works. So what I want to say is these Disney groups that are online are just amazing. So like what people don't realise, I think when you're in a park and your child is after a certain set of Disney ears and a certain colour and you've been to like five shops and you can't find it, you put it on that group. Somebody is in that park that day and they'll tell you where it is or if you're if you don't understand anything or you're confused about anything, that was what I did. If anything I needed to know and I wasn't sure, I'd put it on a group and someone would ping me the answer and off I went. And I think when you understand that there's like a little Disney community out there, it just makes Disney even more special than what it is to begin with. Yeah, I mean, the Disney community is is something that I wasn't really sort of involved too much in until I joined Twitter several years ago um, and started following various, you know, Twitter accounts to do with Disney and and realised that there is a whole community of people out there. And I think when we started this podcast as well, one thing that really kind of struck us was how welcoming a lot of people were and, you know, people in the community other people that were running their own Disney podcasts were so welcoming and we really felt welcomed into the Disney community. And yeah, I mean, I'm in in um, a Facebook group as, as well. I, I haven't looked at it for a long time, but I know on that people will sort of post if they're after, you know, a unique piece of merchandise or something like that and see if anyone is going to, you know, Disneyland Paris, for example, anytime soon and can pick it up for them. So yeah, it's definitely a, a, a community of very, very nice helpful people I would say in in my experience anyway Mm -hmm. well that's that's what makes it I think a bit more special you see because I don't think there's many communities out there that are like are that close if you know what I mean like there's groups and stuff like that but when you're like you said and you're in a park or especially if you're in America because obviously in America it's a lot different to over here um you need sometimes a bit of advice on how how it works or how the park tickets work. I know um, a friend of mine went to Disney this year with his family and he thought he could only go into one park because there was like this new system. And I had to explain to him that he didn't have to do it that way. And actually it changed their holiday for them because it meant they could go to two parks in a day if they wanted to. So it just shows you like that bit of advice that I got off somebody else benefited him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so have you got any um, Disney trip plans um, coming up in the future? Um, at the moment, no, because basically we're, um, we're trying to save up some money at the moment because, as you know, our business is eco-friendly and we try to do everything that we can to stay as eco-friendly as we can. So we are looking, we are looking to go to Florida 
in the next 18 months or something. But mainly what we want to do is sort out how much energy we're using and seeing if we can do something with that and offset it or try and reduce our energy that we use as well as a business just to help the environment even more. So that's the thing that we're going to be sorting through that. But in the background, we are going to be trying to save to go to Disney as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think sustainability is is a big thing for people at the moment in, in this day and age. And, and I think, you know, the fact that a lot of small businesses can and are offering more sustainability and, a, you know, better way of shopping. I think that's a really big pull for, for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, that's that's great that, that you do that. So let's start talking a little bit about, about your business, Spoonful of Wax. So how did that start? What inspired you to to start your own business well basically this is going to make you laugh uh when you're in disney and this is something that maybe people who are listening to this doesn't don't realize that every hotel well most of the hotels and every park has its own generic smell it kind of blows your mind because you walk in somewhere and obviously you're in from outside so the smells outside the smells on you and you go into this environment and you go, oh, that's nice. But you don't actually realise that that is a smell that Disney has put into that hotel to make it smell nice. And, like, when I realise this and, like, I'm going around and I'm just looking at stuff, even just something silly like um, Disney Krispy Treats and stuff like that, and they have these lovely smells. And I was like, gosh, imagine if you could <laughs> bottle that up and sell it, give it to someone and give them a little bit of happiness or a memory because smell triggers memory of the time when there was in that heart park and having that good time. And it was because my partner was working with somebody at the time who was actually running a candle business themselves. And they got started chatting to them and they told like told them how it worked and everything. And obviously they've told me and I, I, I'm a researcher. I'm like a little bookworm. I will, uh, I will research and I will look and I'll read into everything. So it probably from from that point, I, it took me twelve months to research everything I needed to research, but also um, to get the confidence because to start a business from scratch that you've never done before, I think it's quite daunting and quite scary because you don't know what the market's going to be like. You don't know how the market is going to accept you. So. You know, it took it took me a good twelve months to just actually be comfortable enough to say, right, this is my product, this is what I've made. I am proud of what I've done, and now I want to share it with the world. And that's how it all began from just sitting in one of the Disney hotels, thinking, oh, what's this smell? Amazing, yeah. I, I mean, I think <laughs> I think smell is is hugely um, evocative for for memory for a lot of people. And as you were saying that, I was just thinking of you know the smell you get as you walk Ma- down Main Street, for example. And um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, associate different smells with with different parts of of Disney. I mean, that that smell of the Pirates of the Caribbean water, for instance. People always talk about that, don't they? And you know, say, well, if you could bottle this, and obviously that's that's what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, no, no, great, great idea. And um, is it is it the the parks um, that inspire the sense that you're creating? Um, yeah, generally, um, what we do try and do is if there's um, we try to get a scent as close as we can to a scent of a, like a park or, or things like that. We try. We try to research as much as we can so our customers can have that 
that smell, because like I said to you just before, a smell can invoke a memory. And if you look at our motto on our logo, it says uh, making magical memories. And that's what we want to do. So that's why when we go, when we look at the theme parks or when we go and we're smelling and stuff like that, we're trying to remember the smells that we can get or find smells that are nearest to that smell. That is why we do it for people to go home, put that wax melt on and go in their mind. I'm back in Disney. I'm walking down Main Street. I'm going towards... I, I don't know, somewhere and just be like, just for that, for that 10, 15 minutes, just be lost in their own thoughts because at the end of the day, we're all busy, busy people and it's just something nice to just get you back on track, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, you know, who doesn't want their house to smell like a, a Disney park um, year round, even even when you're not going there to, to have those memories sort of with you all the time? Um, do you have a favourite product to, to create in terms of design and, and scent? Um, obviously, we like, we do a, a bar called The Child and stuff like that, which is based on Star Wars and stuff like that. But for me, it's the smells. Like um, my one of my favourite smells is um, is it like a like a it's like one of the sweet of the sweet smells, you know? And they just remind you of being at home at Christmas and the food and like one of the smells that we do is um, based on um, the Pandora ride, which um, which does actually remind me a bit of it when I'm smelling it. But it also, it makes me kind of proud because I am a really bad person at going on rides. It makes me ill. And I forced myself on the Pandora ride because I knew that it was going to be out of this world. And I had to do it. And even though I didn't feel very well when I got off that ride. And that's why I think that smell, when I smell it, it just brings back that memory of that sense of achievement that I've gone out. I've done something that was so out of my comfort zone, which was likely going to make me ill. But that smell, when I smell it, it reminds me of being in that park and having that wonderful experience that probably I will never do again because I can't go on that ride again because it just made me ill. But I've done it once and it was just amazing. And that's probably why that's one of my favourite smells. I can I can totally relate to that. I um I don't normally get motion sickness, but I really don't like heights and I can be quite funny with soaring. Um so I was very much imming ahhing about whether I wanted to go on on flight of passage and my husband, he wasn't that bothered. Um, so I ended up waiting for about, I think it was like two hours on my own because, you know, people talked for so long about how incredible that ride is. I was like, I can't come all this way and not go on it. So um yeah, I, I did it and there was a lot of moments where I did have to close my eyes on that ride but I remember coming off afterwards and my husband sort of saying you know how was it um and I was like it was it was amazing but I I don't think I could go on it again (laughs) so so there we go um and in terms of your um going back to your business have you got any specific scents that you're creating for Christmas for Christmas products this year um that we've created this year it's just be some of our um we do like seasonal melts, so we did some Halloween ones, um, which was which um, we do like inspired by like um, like Jack Skellington for one, and um, we do um, the Grinch. I know that's not really Disney, but we just um, it's like basically we have our core range, which is based on like we did it on like food um, parks. We did that on the resorts, 
So like you've got three areas and then we've got the um we've got all different scents, so it's all different. I can't really and then we have our seasonal ones as well, so it's quite a lot for me to try and think of one of you know what I mean. I really love your um your Sanderson sisters um Halloween bar the I smell children one with the iconic I think that shot of the Sanderson sisters just by their hair um sort of the silhouette is is so iconic so I I, re- I really really love that one. See what people don't realize with us is and I think this is why um I think our mounts are probably a little bit more expensive than other companies mounts because that that's that range we started thinking about that range in like June. So that range was on the table from June till say the end of July before we even decided if that was going to go ahead. And then we had to decide what mount, we, um, what scent would go into that. So we have to, but then we make sure that where we buy our products from, we try to buy them from small companies to help them. So we make sure like the company we're buying from, so we look into them. And we make sure that the scent we're using. So when, like you just said, that you love that bar, which I'm absolutely like blown about over about because that's fantastic feedback for me. But if you knew how much work went into that coming up like a piece of paper with an idea to actually being made, to actually you putting it on in your house and going, you know what, I love this. That that that's like you do not understand how to, but that's what we do. We spend a lot of time planning creating before we even if we bring something out we want people to love it and enjoy it I mean we've got people that message us from last year saying are you going to bring this scent out or have you got some of this left can you make me some and sometimes we do if we've still got scent left over and they want a certain product bringing back or that certain smell bringing back we've got some left we will do it as a special order for them because we know how special it was for that person yeah, I think just, I mean, looking at, at your designs, I think they're so, you know, so precise and there's so much detail going on that you can tell that there's a lot of thought and care put into coming up with these these products. And so how many people are there sort of behind the scenes with Spoonful of Wax? Just two, me and my partner, because my partners come from a business background, so they do all the business side. Having said that, though, um, I always lean on them every now and again. They could have product names <laughs> you know like you know like when you think of a name for a product and you're like oh like and I'm there and I'm racking my brain thinking come on what can I do and I go oh what do you think of this and they'll go oh what well, I would have called it that and it's like boom you know it just makes me it's just um between the two of us we have our own we work together when we can or when we do but we work independently as well and I think as a good that is a good business model because then you can be left so I can be left to be creative and do all my creative stuff but then I also have somebody there who can help me in other ways and that's really how a business works because if we were both underneath each other's feet like I don't think we would be able to do what we do if you know what I mean Oh, definitely. Sounds like a, a very nice family family team. And um, obviously that shows through in, in how good your designs are as, as well. I think you obviously work well together. Um, so thank you very much for, for coming on and joining us today, Emma. It's been lovely talking to you. Um, just so our listeners know where to find you and, and find your products, where can they find Spoonful of Wax on social media? Uh, we're just on the Spoonful of Wax. So if you just type in Spoonful of Wax on um 
Instagram and Facebook, you'll find us. Uh, we're online as well. So if you type in our website, um, In Spoonful of Wax, you'll come up. Lovely. And you're on Etsy as well under Spoonful of Wax, aren't you? We are. We are on Etsy as well, yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today and, and talking to me, Emma, all about Spoonful of Wax. And um, we will we will share a, a link to, to your site as well so that our listeners can um, have a look at you and, and hopefully make some purchases for, for Christmas this year. So thank you very, very much. Well, do you want me to let you into a little secret before you go? Yeah, sure. Um, our name, do you know where we got our name from? Do you think... I'm imagining it's inspired by Mary Poppins somehow. Yeah, it was, to be honest. <laughs> we was going to have a, a, a special range called Rum Punch because that was Mary Poppins' favourite drink, apparently. Ah. So, yeah, that's where we got it from. Oh, amazing. I, I love that. And, and amazing that it wasn't already already snapped up. So well done for, for getting in there and, and getting your hands on it first. Oh, that was so lovely, Tash. And I thought Spoonful of Wax must be inspired by Mary Poppins. So great to have that confirmation there at the end as well. A little secret from the brand. Amazing. So there we are. There is the Chat Disney Christmas Market. May it be the first of many. Hopefully we've got you really inspired about some of the Christmas items that you can purchase for the loved one in your life this festive season tash is there anything either from the creators that we spoke to today or anybody else in the disney community that has made it onto your christmas list anything you're hoping to get from santa this year for me this time of year is all about being cozy and creating a cozy environment in your house and having nice smells so for me it's all about spoonful of wax and um maple and whiskey and hopefully getting some of those wax melts and candles this year for Christmas how about you yeah I I mean I still want the Mickey gingerbread glass ornaments from Buzz's Bazaar but unfortunately (laughs) they are out of stock at the moment so I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for when they come back but equally I love a print so Castle Club Suite Hayley Jade stationery I've actually got the Hayley Jade 2023 desk calendar on my list of the refill because obviously I've got the 2022 version and it's not going to be much good after this month so yeah that is something that I'm really hoping to get this Christmas Amazing. Well, that pretty much concludes everything that we're going to be talking about today and the end of the first ever Chat Disney annual Christmas market. And do let us know if you enjoyed this because we will consider making it an annual thing. Yeah, definitely. And if there are any creators that you'd like to see us collaborate with in the future, any small businesses that you think you should be aware of, do let us know. You can find us on Twitter at Chat Disney UK or Instagram at Chat Disney. That is all for now. We wish you a very happy, holly, jolly, merry, berry Christmas, whatever it is that Olaf says in Frozen's Olaf's Winter Adventure, whatever it's called. I watched it this week. It was my first Christmas watch, actually. So um, I've got it stuck in my brain. And we will see you next week for some more festive fun. We do, of course, love the holiday season on the Chat Disney podcast. So you can expect much more content like this all through December. Bye for now. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.